Episode 820, defensive lineman Latroy Guyon has been arrested. But first, we find out about the Spartan race that's taking over Lambeau Field this weekend with Lori Nicola, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about the Spartan race taking place at Lambeau Field. We got more on Latroy Guyon in just a few minutes, but to do this, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Lori Nickel of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Miss Nickel, how are you this morning? <laughs> I'm great. How are you doing, Brian? Very good. We're glad you could join us on the show. And just to start things off here, Lori, in, a, in an attempt for our listeners to get to know you, can you reflect on your transition from covering the Packers, used to be on a full-time basis, to now as more of a part-time or as-needed basis? Yeah, I have. Uh, well, things changed when the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel got bought out by Gannett last year. So um, that merged both the Milwaukee staff and the Green Bay staff. Uh, so when that happened, I stopped covering the Packers after 19 years. And now I basically write about health and fitness and general assignment sports, Bucks, Badgers, that type of thing. But I'll be back in Green Bay now and then as well. Uh, yeah, you did a great job for those 19 years and, uh, I wish I could, wish I could read more of your work on the Packers, but, um, you know, I think this leads in well into a discussion of your new role, uh, that you do with the journal Sentinel and the chin up blog. Can you tell us more, go more into depth about that? About four years ago, I started, uh, writing about health and fitness for the average person because I thought it was something that, uh, people had in common and liked to talk about. And I didn't want to write it from obviously from, from the perspective of like Jillian Michaels or one of those perfect skinny looking <laughs> trainers who does everything right all the time. I wanted to write about it from my perspective, which was somebody who struggled sometimes with staying on track or eating right or being motivated or dealing with aging and injuries and all that. And I started to realize that there are so many out pe people out there doing so many incredible things with their spare time. They have regular jobs, they have families, they have responsibilities, they're taking care of their aging parents, and they still find time to get in a run or to lift weights or get in a bike ride or to do Zumba or a hike or anything. And that's all good for you. That's all really healthy. And so I've been writing about really interesting, cool people. And we are going to see more of those people this weekend. And it's something that I really love. It's been a passion project of mine. And it's um, been something that I've really enjoyed covering the last four years. All right. So this weekend, Lambeau Field is taken over by the Spartan Race, which you've detailed in a column uh, at the Journal Sentinel. Um, so... What is the backstory and the history about this race coming to Lambeau? And maybe this would just be an appropriate place to describe what a Spartan race actually is. Sure. So about 10 or 15 years ago, this guy, Joe DeSena, who um, was in the military, thought, this is really cool. We should do this for average people. We'll do a race. But instead of just doing a 5K or a three-mile race, 
we're going to put some obstacles in there. So he put in rope climbing. You climb up a rope. You know, he put in obstacles where you climb under barbed wire. He kind of mimicked it after what would be a boot camp uh, a boot camp style workout for the military. Um, but he included things like the farmer's carry. If you, you know, know Clay Matthews, that's something Clay likes to do. He carries around really heavy weights in his hands to strengthen them. While a Spartan's race, you stop running for a while, you pick up two uh, 40-pound gallons of water, and you walk around the stairs, and then you bring it back. Or one 40-pound gallon, if you're a woman, you can do one. And he just decided to create this kind of um, themed race instead of just going out and running. And it really sort of tailors the overall all-around athlete. You can't just be fast to do a Spartan sprint, and you can't just be strong you know one of those big muscular muscular guys who can lift all day long you have to have it all you have to be able to move you have to be agile and um, this is called OCR obstacle course racing it's gotten really big across the country and now Spartan Race has I believe about 200 worldwide they have three different distances the sprint which is the three miles in Lambeau Field they also have something called a super and a beast, and those are longer miles. And then they have even longer ones, these ultra things. Um, it's a big deal that this is coming to Lambeau Field for a couple of reasons, but the top reason is that it was at Miller Park in Milwaukee for three years from 2014, 15, and 16, uh, excuse me, uh, 13, 14, 15. Then it wasn't in Wisconsin for a year because turnout wasn't good enough for them for numbers. A bunch of people got together, brought it back to Wisconsin, this year and to have it in iconic Lambeau Field is a pretty big deal. Yeah, it, it is remarkable that something like this is happening at Lambeau Field. And as I understand, you, you've actually participated in one of these Spartan races before. Can you describe that experience? I love it. Um, it's different. First of all, there's obstacle course racing usually involves mud. Sometimes it involves snow. I've done things like Tough Mudder. I've done the Abominable Snow Race. You do these obstacles where you're doing box jumps or um, climbing over an eight-foot wall, and you're doing it in slippery mud and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of hate that. Not only does that ruin your clothes, <laughs> and it ruins your shins, and you're, you know, you're covered in bruises, but it's just messy, and, and it's, it's harder. Um, What's great about being in Lambeau Field is it's called a stadium sprint. And so Spartan kind of has this unique niche market where in stadiums across the country, um, like Fenway Park or now, you know, Lambeau Field, you get to do these obstacles and you're pretty clean. I mean, you get dirt on you, but not like the mud and all that stuff. And so you can do them pretty fast. The really elite runners can do them in about in less than a half an hour, which is unbelievably, it's incredible if you want to watch them early, like 8 a.m. Uh, for the fat middle-aged contingent like myself, it takes a little bit longer, but um, what's great about Spartan as well, and one of the things that I love about the race is that if you fail an obstacle, which I will, um, you can do a 30 burpee penalty. And so what I like about that is that even if I can't climb up the ropes on Saturday, or if I can't do the traverse wall, which is like a rock climbing thing, or the monkey bars, um, it's okay because I will sit down and do 30 push-up burpees, which are really hard in a row, and you still feel at the end a great sense of accomplishment. You earn that medal, um, and it's, it's a really good physical, mental test.
I think you're too self-deprecating, Lori. I think you've done enough of these races now that we you, we can consider you like one of the <laughs> experts in this. Well, it's I'm what's I will tell you this. If I can do it, anybody can do it. The first time Spartan came to Milwaukee, I was so intimidated by it. I said, no way, I can't do this. Even though I'd been a runner and I go to the gym five or six times a week, I just was really, I'm like, I looked at the obstacle courses online and I looked at what they had and it looks so big and intimidating and scary and out of my league. And that is true. A lot of these obstacles still are, (laughs) they're still hard for me. I haven't been practicing my rope climbs. Um, I did not go buy a spear and practice my spear throw like one of my friends did. I've just been using a broomstick handle in the backyard with the tree and my son. But like I said, you know, it's still it's okay. It's worth it to try it. It's worth it to see what you can do. I get really bored with going to the gym all the time and just doing the same exercises over and over again and not knowing, am I getting any stronger? Am I getting any better at doing anything? And Spartan, and what the trend you see in fitness now is very much functional fitness. It's not just about how you look in the mirror or what size jeans you can fit in. Um, it's about two things, your health, you know, your, your cholesterol numbers, taking care of your body. But it's also about what can you do? Can you carry six bags of groceries to your car if there aren't any carts available or can you um, do things around the house without having a sore back or being laid out for two weeks because you did something physical that you're not used to doing and that's what I really love about it I know that even though I'm older I'm probably in better shape than I was when I was in high school and played three sports just because I've been working at it Uh, Do you have any idea how the obstacles will be set up in and around Lambeau Field, or is that something they like to keep a secret until the (laughs) participants actually see and do the race? Both, yes. Spartan really likes to um, not tell you everything right up front because they want people to be able to react, adapt, and adjust. And that's very much a principle that they have with obstacle course racing. It's called... um, obstacle immunity they really want spartans there's like a spartan mantra that you can be able to handle everything but i did see so that means you know they're not going to tell you everything up front and tell you how everything's going to go they want you to figure it out when you get there but today on facebook they did release um some information at the stadium and i can tell you that having done two at miller park um what there, there's a lot of stair running so you run up and down the stairs and up and down the stairs and up and down the <laughs> stairs and that's pretty fun And then they kind of have um, obstacles sprinkled throughout. So you might do um, weighted jump rope, you know, instead of just jumping rope, you're doing it with a rope that weighs 10 pounds and you have to do that for two minutes or whatever it is. But they sprinkle those obstacles kind of throughout the stadium corridors. So you're not just running for two miles and then you do a bunch of obstacles at once. Um, I'm sure Lambeau Field is also going to be really careful and protective about their turf, right? I mean, that's sacred ground. Mm -hmm. Um, The staffers up there work really hard on maintaining that. And this is the growing season. They have to get that grass really solid and rooted and ready to go for what's coming, you know, in a couple of months. And so they're just not going to let uh, racers trample all over that. But we'll be on the perimeter. My guess is there will be a lap around the outside perimeter where if you ever watch a game and you see all the cameramen or cameramen or the players or whatever, that outside part will probably just feature, um, you know, burpees zones and stuff like that. The big obstacles like the pulleys uh, where you pull a weight up to the sky or 
like I said, the rope climb, those will probably be on the very outside perimeter of Lambeau. In fact, that's what it looked like when I saw on the map today. And so you're right there. You're just not in the stadium. You're right on the outside of it. And that makes sense, too, because you'll have a lot of people collected at those areas. So you need a lot of space. You can't have a small, narrow corridor. And for me, it's going to be pretty special. I mean, all the times that I called Lambeau Field home and my office away from home, um, and all the things that I've done there, it's kind of crazy to wrap your per- mind around the fact that you're going to be doing an athletic event at the same very place that the Packers play, you know, every Sunday. So it should, I expect that it's going to look amazing and it's probably um, going to be very special for people who are not only weekend warriors, but for the Packer fans as well. It should be a great all day event. So last weekend was the Billy Joel concert at Lambeau Field that got a lot of attention. And this weekend is the Spartan race. And even if there's people in the minority, I know uh, a faction of fans that would like to see Lambeau Field for football and football only. I'm just interested in getting your opinion. What do you think of Lambeau Field being used for different events like this, whether it's concerts or races or whatever? In the era that we're in right now where they have to make so much money, um, I think it's smart. You know, I think what they did with the atrium and turning that into uh, a destination place, I I think is incredible. We would every once in a while, we'd come out of the locker room to be reporting on something and we'd see a bride and a groom taking pictures. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, that's, you you know, it's a good reminder of what that place means to people and not just Wisconsin people, but internationally it it, i like it i respect it i do think though that um number one the turf the grass the inside has to be preserved and maintained because i have interviewed the people up there who take care of that and it's just so much work and it means so much to the players to be able to have solid footing and uh, you don't want this to turn into the old soldier field reputation you know green bay has always had taken pride in having a really good, high-class, top-quality surface. So as long as that part is preserved, I think that's good. And and one of the things that I liked when I did the two Spartan sprints, I did two of them at Miller Park, um, usually when you do a race, you wear a bib. You know, you, you get a bib and four pins. It's, it's your number. It says 101, you know, your name on it. You pin it to your shirt. And that's a mess because people take those tags off and throw away the pins and you get a safety pin buried in turf and two months later, some player lands on that. So that's not good. So Spartan did away with that. And instead they gave everybody um, headbands. So you just wore your name and your number to identify yourself on your head. And that I appreciate stuff like that from the perspective of you would never want um you know, a safety pin from a Spartan race back in June to impale a player in October who went down for a hard tackle. So Spartan's been pretty good about respecting, um, you know, the respecting the area that you are participating in and, and the fact that this is a stadium that the professionals play at and that we want to be safe and, and we want to maintain the integrity of the facility. Very cool. Uh, before we let you go here, uh, Laurie, I read about the charitable aspect of the race. Can you tell us a little bit about that and and how somebody might find more information about the race or how they could even sign up? Well, I believe you can still do this now, even though the race is tomorrow. Um, 
Spartan, a lot like other races, usually adds a charitable component to their race. And so Spartan this year teamed up with Special Olympics of Wisconsin. And that means if, you know, it's pretty expensive right now. I think if you wanted to sign up to do the race right now for tomorrow, I believe it's about $169. But if you wanted to do that and you wanted to have all of your money go to charity, 100% of it could go to Special Olympics, Wisconsin, and it would go in District 6, I believe it is. And that is actually um, in green, the Green Bay area. So I don't have the information. I'm driving right now. I'm sorry. I don't have the information on. But in my story that you referenced, I do have the information. If you wanted to look it up, um, you just Google that chin up Spartan. And at the end, it talks about the Special Olympics. You can get a code. Um, all you have to do then is have that code when you sign up. So that way, if you wanted to do the race and you just you, you were willing to pay the money, but you get it tax deductible, um, the proceeds would go towards Special Olympic Wisconsin, which is good. Races should do stuff like that. They should get the community involved. And um, this was a neat thing that they decided to do this year. Very cool. Lori, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Greatly appreciate it. You provided some great insight and behind the (laughs) scenes into what goes into this. That's all great. Thank you. Um, Be safe on the road, okay? Thanks so much, Brian. It's good talking to you again. Yeah, same here. Take care, okay? All right, take care. Bye-bye. Lori Nickel of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have her join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment. Stop me if you've heard this one before, but defensive lineman Latroy Guyon has been arrested again. Guyon was arrested on Wednesday at 4.22 a.m. in Hawaii for operating under the influence. According to the Associated Press, he failed a breathalyzer test and was released on $500 bail. Ironically, Wednesday was Guyon's birthday, which the Packers actually acknowledged on their official social media accounts like they do with most, if not all, players. Uh, only to see Guyon arrested later in the day. The team made a comment to the Green Bay Press Gazette saying they were aware of the arrest but declined further comment as it was an ongoing legal matter. And according to the player's agent, Guyon was apparently vacationing in Hawaii, which certainly is uncommon in this time of year between the end of the off-season program and before training camp opens. It's kind of one of the few times of the year that these players actually are able to get out and, uh, you know, really travel and just, you know, be let a little bit loose before, you know, the grind of the season begins. But what is unfortunate is that this is just the latest in a long line of bad decisions Latroy Guyon has made, especially for someone with his history. He should know better than to get behind the wheel after drinking. It should probably go without saying, but when you're paid like a professional athlete, it shouldn't be difficult to get an Uber or a Lyft to prevent this kind of thing. Guyon faces a four-game suspension to open this upcoming 2017 season for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. 
And that's on top of a three-game suspension uh, back uh, in 2015 for violating the league's substance abuse policy that came out of an arrest for which he was found to have a large amount of marijuana and an unlicensed firearm. And then there's the three counts of battery he faced, one of which he paid restitution. So, after Guyon's most recent suspension, the Packers renegotiated his contract, not owing him any money until after the suspension. And after this most recent incident, it's beyond time for the Packers to finally part ways with Guyon. The, the domestic violence stuff is just despicable. And, and at this point, yes, I'm willing to go out on the limb, uh, this limb. Uh, the Packers are enabling Guyon's bad decisions with the prospect of continued paychecks. Um, it, it's, it's time, Packers, to part ways. I, I understand that you have his best interests in mind and you want him to do well. But when there is this continued history of what Guyon has done from drugs uh, to domestic violence to uh, to driving under the influence and putting other people's on the uh, people at risk on the road, add it all up, and this is just not something you want to deal with any longer. And you know what the Packers. I understood that, you know, well, they don't owe him any money and they can at least hold on to him in their back pocket until after the suspension, after four games into the season. If anybody suffers an injury, he would be an insurance policy, more or less. But after this most recent arrest here, it's time. It's time for the Packers to make this official, release him, and just wish him the best. I think they've done enough for him now where they don't need his antics to further hurt the team um, in terms of suspension and waiting for him and hoping he's going to learn. Uh, It's time to wish him the best from here on out. Um, You know, and the Packers, I think, for their part, have basically prepared for this in terms of the offseason moves they've made. Uh, number one in signing in free agency, a player like Ricky Jean Francois, who's a very, I think, comparable player in terms of that he's going to be a guy who's mostly around to stuff the run as a defensive lineman. Not to say he can't provide a little bit of pass rush here and there, but a guy whose primary duties, like Guyon's, were to stuff the run and, uh, you know, especially in in run-down situations, first and 10, or whether it be short yardage, things like that. Um, On top of that, they invested, I think, uh, a third-round draft choice into a defensive lineman, a position I think that, you know, many people thought would be higher than the Packers would spend. You you know, I didn't expect the Packers to invest a third-round draft choice into a defensive lineman. I thought, well, they're pretty well set there, you know, especially after getting Kenny Clark in the first round the previous year, the Packers, you know, might not have to uh, get a defensive lineman until the late rounds or something like that. So, you know, when they invest a third round draft choice into a defensive lineman as well, you know, they're setting themselves up for some pretty decent depth to go along with, you know, veterans who are already on the roster like Mike Daniels and 
uh, Dean Lowry now in his second year and some guys further down the depth chart than that. Um, you know, the Packers don't need Latroy Guyon anymore, uh, even as an insurance policy. And hey, if they really did need him, uh, something multiple injuries come on down the road, it's not like you couldn't re-sign him or something like that. Um, yeah, there's no reason after this that the Packers should even, even though they've put off the payment, you know, it's, he's still making above the NFL's minimum and and they don't need to have to pay that anymore. Uh, so yeah, Packers, uh, it's time. Let's, let's see the next transaction here in which you, you, you're getting rid of now Latroy Guyon. Um, In other news, that's not exactly Packers news, but Packers-related. The Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday parted ways with general manager John Dorsey, who, of course, fans of this show will know as a former Packers executive. Um, It kind of came out of the blue, out of nowhere, and uh, from what I've read, was kind of... um, Head coach Andy Reid, himself a former Packers assistant coach, uh, kind of behind the scenes more or less forcing Dorsey's hand in terms of forcing him out the door. Uh, I'm sure there's probably more to the story to be told, but as it's just breaking news here in less than the past 24 hours, uh, we maybe still don't have the full story of, of what went on and what was behind it. It just happened at an odd time here uh, as we are in this, this you know, kind of period right before training camps begin here next month. An odd time for a team to make a change at the general manager position. And one in which, you know, John Dorsey, I think, has done a commendable job at Kansas City. Maybe not a great one. But this is a team that's become a playoff contender and has for the past couple years. Whereas prior to him, I think they were kind of wallowing in mediocrity for a while. And I think it's something that, you know, they've they've done a good job building that team in Kansas City under largely under the direction of Dorsey. And I'm sure Andy Reid has had a hand in it as well. Um, But it, it it. came out of the blue. It came out of the blue. And and now you wonder if there's a spot for John Dorsey back in Green Bay. It really is a convoluted picture of what's happening. You know, the writing is on the wall that Ted Thompson's days as the current Packers general manager are coming to a close. When exactly that happens is not, you know, knowable right now. Uh, is there a year left? Is there two years left? It's probably not a whole lot more than that. So it's it's on the horizon, and people can see that day coming semi soon. And you know, there's there's been a lot of speculation about the people currently within the Packers front office taking it over, like Elliot Wolf and Brian Gutekunst, both of which have interviewed for general manager jobs elsewhere in the NFL and a guy like Alonzo Highsmith I know has been you know uh, requested to be interviewed at least for maybe not general manager positions but other positions in the front office elsewhere in the NFL so there's all these in-house candidates and now there's John Dorsey 
who, you know, had he stayed with the Packers, could have been a candidate to take over, you know, the general manager job. Do the Packers want him back now? Uh, John Dorsey is getting up a little bit more in age himself, maybe not as as high as Ted Thompson, uh, but it, it just creates an interesting situation in that there's a logjam of very capable people, and, and hey, there's still others outside the organization that are speculated about coming back like John Schneider. Um, and then there's Reggie McKenzie out in Oakland. I, I don't know if he's realistic of coming back at all, but I know certainly Schneider, uh, a lot of people, there's there's a fair amount of people who want him back. So it's it's creating an interesting situation, more interesting by the day uh, in terms of what the Packers will do for their next general manager in, in one of the highest profile positions in the organization and the one who directs a lot of decision-making, including uh, personnel decisions. So uh, it's a situation worth monitoring as it just kind of came down the pike yesterday, John Dorsey parting ways with the Kansas City Chiefs. So there you go. That's what's happening in the world of the Green Bay Packers, and that leads us to the day ahead. As alluded to earlier, Lambeau Field is being taken over on Saturday by the Spartan Race Obstacle Course, which takes place morning through evening. Uh, I believe registration begins uh, as early as 6 o'clock a.m. Um, with the last race of heats uh, you know, beginning at 4 o'clock p.m., meaning they won't finish until later than that. And in addition to the race, there's all sorts of exposition space for sponsors and things like that. So it's an all-day event. Uh, I know admission for spectators is $10 in case you're interested in checking out. And during this time of year, that's about all we've got on the Packers calendar on the foreseeable horizon here. Uh, And I'm not going to go too much more in depth because we already talked about it quite in depth with Lori Nickel. Um, But that's what's happening this weekend in the world of the Green Bay Packers. And uh, we'll talk more Packers this upcoming Monday on the next episode of Railbird Central. In fact, already have got a guest lined up, one of the podcasters at Rouge Radio. We're going to talk a little Canadian Football League football, seeing as that is now underway. Uh, and one of the few things, uh, you know, one of the few ways you can actually see football at this time of year before the NFL begins. So uh, I think there's a few interesting storylines actually that are related to the Green Bay Packers in the Canadian Football League that we can explore as well. So excited to do that on Monday. So we'll see you then. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That is the live edition of the show podcasted and on demand later in the day. Thank you to Lori Nickel of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for being our guest today. We'll see you later, folks. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. I leave you today with a song called Made to Measure by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go.
satisfy someone who requested mine. Your heart. 